0: Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR
1: Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Little Beatles.
2: Things going here a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going go live right now on Facebook just to try to hype people up here. Three, two, one. And we're live on Facebook. Awesome. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, This is a little pre-show. I hate the reflection in my glasses. I'm taking these off.
1: Now you're self-conscious, huh? Well, it's
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. Now, I mean, always. Well, it's it would be different. Like I'm getting glare right where my irises are. So it's like it it just looks like I have dead eyes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that scene in uh, Jaws, you know, doll's eyes, like a doll's eye.
1: They start to chomping and a nibbling.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Still a great movie. You're going to need a bigger boat, Chief. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, we're live tonight. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on tonight. We have a lot of guests, too. Let me tell you about who we got coming on. So, in studio, live, we have uh, The Madman. Hello, I'm The Madman. Thank you for having me, bro. Of course, man. I'm always glad to have you. Uh, We've got. Uh, the Madman, live in studio tonight. Uh, he is from Shock Monkey's
1: Redux, which is on FX. Shock, Mon- Shock Monkey Radio. Redux is the uh, Facebook page. Oh. Yeah.
2: I thought that's what with the show... See, I'm the,
1: so confused. The show, b- back before we switched to FXPG Public Radio, Yeah, uh, I, we were Shock Monkey Radio Redux, and I thought it was a little long for the show title, so I changed. I went ahead and changed it, made an executive decision for the show, and said Makes sense. Shock Monkey Radio.
2: Yeah, I, I can understand that. I mean, I do the same thing. I mean, the, the website's called GGR or the great geek refuge but the webs or the podcast is called GGR Pirate Radio. So it's like why didn't I just call the podcast The Great Geek Refuge? It would have <laughs> made so much more sense. Exactly. Yeah, but you know, we try to be cool and throw a pirate in the name, make yourself sound edgy and shit like, yeah, no. And we're not that edgy. No, we're really not. No. <laughs> no,
1: not even close to edgy. I mean, my show is just a little bit more edgy than yours. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah,
2: a little yeah, I I mean, this is from the same guy who, like, the tagline is don't be a juice bag because we don't, we try not to curse on the podcast. Oh, really? Well, like, that was our original goal because, like, in my infinite wisdom, I was like, well, let's try to appeal to a mass audience, right? But when I started thinking about it, who really is going to listen to this show? Is it really going to be children or people who would be offended by cursing? And the answer to that would be fuck no. <laughs> um, it's adults who are mostly our age. And,. I think the rule is is like as long as it's not obsessive ex- not obsessive excessive if, as long as it's not like vulgar because there's a difference between a curse word and being vulgar okay i'll buy that and i feel like there's a fine
1: line with that do you think my show is vulgar at times? no
2: no no to to call out another no you know i can't do that <laughs> i don't know those guys i was that's gonna call yes. out another show
1: that's a yes
2: I was going to call out another show and say that like um, no not your show no, there's I another another show talking about. you know what show I'm talking about I know, about. I'm ta- I know what they you're have talking a whole about. they have a whole segment devoted to something involving genitalia I mean yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that that's fine if that's your thing and that's cool as long as it's late enough
1: at night yeah I yeah exactly well, yeah
2: that. exactly when you know when the kids are put to sleep and like I'm, i've never been a big proponent of, of censorship in the first place i don't think that it, it's something that we should do i don't think we should censor ourselves but at the same time too there is
1: i wouldn't say decency decency is the wrong word well i mean your show can suffer if you say something that's vulgar or you say something that is uh, offensive yeah. And I mean, and I think that that's kind of the point of freedom of speech. It's like, yes, you can say whatever you want, but if you're, if you do an entire segment just on genitalia, or if you do, you know, you just go off on yep. these crazy, uh, I don't know, white supremacist rants or something like that, and that's what your whole show is about. I mean, you, your member, your subscriptions should suffer for that.
2: There are consequences and repercussions for doing such things.
1: Yeah, there's freedom of speech, but there's not freedom of consequences for saying the things that you say.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that's ultimately what it comes down to, I think. And especially with something like that, too, like I, I can't stand there's a really big trend going on right now. And it's been going on for years, whether it's television, whether it's radio, whether it's podcasts, whether it's websites, whatever it is. I mean, you see it on social media pretty much every single day is people go for the low hanging fruit of cruelty and and just brazen rude and rudeness isn't even the right word. But people will literally just like trash other people just because they know that that's popular and they know that that's going to get the it, biggest it's response. It's trending. Yeah. Yes, exactly.
1: Like uh, people like making Kevin Kevin Spacey jokes when all that stuff, all that yeah. news broke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's easy to make jokes about something that everybody's trending about. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah, and like the trending thing is is really not even like that. That obviously, I mean that's that's what everybody does. But the thing that gets me is, like, let's be cruel, and let's be mean, and let's be angry, and, like, that's the way to go, is, like, let's make fun of, like, there, there's so much, like, shock jocks, that's kind of what they did, and yeah, people yeah. saw that, that you know, Howard Stern got famous, and lots of other people got famous because of that, because of their cruelty, and they were like, well, that's got to work, obviously.
1: Yeah, I've, I've personally haven't found it to be a formula for Getting listeners and stuff like that.
2: No, and and it it becomes toxic. You become somebody. You become toxic.
1: Yeah. If if even if you're a kind person, and I know Howard Stern isn't, but I mean, he's he's the example you use. But I mean, if you're the kind of person, and if you're a nice person, and somebody says is like, you know, when you accidentally say these offensive things, that gets a boost in listeners. So can you do more of that? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have to your mind in that mindset of being negative yeah and that's not healthy for anybody you know or else you might turn into howard's turn well
2: let me take a quick moment here for all of those listening on facebook live which by the way and well listening and watching hi hello thanks thanks for tuning in uh you guys should go to the link that i didn't actually put in the um original thing and devin just said you can see up my nose can you oh wonderful um I'm putting the link right in there right now, mixler.com slash fxbgpublicradio. Can't you find it on fxbgpublicradio.com under you Listen, Al- Listen Live? You could do that as well. You could go to fxbgpublicradio, click on Listen Live. There's a link on greatgeekrefuge.com. There you go. Listen Live right there. All of these places you can go, and you'll hear more than just me. You'll actually hear the other guy in the side of this conversation, <laughs> and his name is Scott. Hi. It just... How's was that dude in the awkward pauses, it, yeah, that on guy. Facebook Live. I'm sure they can slightly hear you because the I'm microphone sure, in the background, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the like the built in microphone that comes with the, um, the with the Mac is, is pretty good for the most part. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. So tune
2: in, yes, tune in, move on, tune in and drop out or wait, bust how out. Did, how
1: did that go? Tune in, move on, bust out. All right, fine. Summer
2: vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um. I see that Steve Monic or Optimus Primal, as he has called himself in the chat, is here. Great name. Steve, can you hear me? Oh, hang on a second. I can hear you, but I don't have you coming through the right thing. So give me one second here. Oh, there you go. Let's try that again. Steve? Not yet. Hang on. Working on it. Let's try that again. Steve?
3: I feel like it's it's getting it intentional is. at this point.
2: There it is. Now we got it, but now we can actually hear you. But the question is, is can you hear the smooth styling, uh, smooth stylings of Jason Mraz, both
3: through your speakers and in my heart? At all, times. <laughs> there it is.
2: <laughs> but can you also hear Scott the Madman as well? You hear me, buddy? You better believe it. Awesome, wonderful. Well, there we go. I love when technology brings us together, right, in these wonderful and fabulous ways. Um. So yeah, if you're tuning in on facebook live thank you but tune in to mixler uh listen to us live you'll be able to hear steve you'll be able to hear myself you'll also be able to hear scott the Madman, who is our special guest he's going to be guesting on the geek sheets tonight but then we've also got ulysses campbell oh i'm sorry ulysses e campbell because he's told me that there's an e in there and the <laughs> e stands for every damn day apparently um he's going to be joining us as well uh later this evening we will be talking about uh the marvel netflix shows and where we think they're going. We'll also have MC Brooks of GGR, uh, the Great Geek Refuge. She'll be joining us as well. It's a big, packed show tonight, guys. Please tune in. I would appreciate it. Um, but more so, share the love. Tell your friends. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Instagram. We're all over the place. But tune in. The show officially starts in four minutes, which is uh, 8 o'clock on the east coast of Sh- America. Share it on
1: Grinder. I don't care. I mean, yeah, I like, I, yeah, why wouldn't she? If it gets us another more, a few, some, few more subs, why not? I mean, that just takes on a whole it's nother
2: connotation. Mike and hooked up. Hey, you know, you don't have to share all of our secrets, Steve, but thank you. <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. Tune in. Uh, so this is the end of the live video. Thank you for watching. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll be hopefully seeing you in the chat room here real soon. <laughs> grinder. Can we go one episode with not bringing up grinder? Is that, can
1: we do that? I didn't know what Grinder was until somebody recently asked me, "Are, are you on Grinder?"
3: Oh, it's it's awesome. It's a it's an app where you can go on and find local sub shops like hoagies stuff like that. <laughs> hoagies and grinders. you should get on there, start it start an account, and just ask people, "Hey, what like I'm looking for a footlong," and just see what happens. They'll they will hook you up, <laughs> my man. I promise. That sounds
1: great, man. I could I really like subs too. Tell me,
3: I know, right? They come in all kinds of different shapes and sizes. There, you can get. I mean, it's like a social network specifically for grinders. <laughs> you go That's on awesome. Grinders.
2: You go on Grinders looking for subs. <laughs> 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 oh, this segment of GGR Pirate Radio is sponsored uh, by um, the local LGBT, LGBTQ community. Um, trying to bring inclusiveness to all podcasts and all the areas.
3: Yeah, by all means. And- delicious subs and
2: delicious sandwiches. <laughs> Who doesn't like a delicious?
1: Soap? <laughs> oh, I'm downloading the app now. Hold on. Wait, wait. Oh God. Oh God. Oh
2: God. This is something so different. I wasn't expecting this. Uh, oh man. Um, let's pull up Mixler and let me actually put my glasses back on now that I don't have to worry about glare.
1: Yeah. We're back to, uh, faces for a radio.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Function over, uh, over fashion. Form. form. Yeah, exactly. Listen live now. So I can have the chat room up. There it is. Oh, hey, Charmaine's listening. Charmaine is a uh, is a friend of the show. She is the chauffeur for Mr. MC Brooks when he comes down to the Fredericksburg area. Uh, she's listening. We appreciate Charmaine. What's up, Charmaine? Ooh. She's awesome. Charmaine was the one who was telling us all about uh, Zaxby's um, on the show when we had Rambo and, and Steve, you were on that one. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, that one was fun. Yeah, it, it, it devolved really quickly, Scott, from um, having like a serious TV show conversation um, into what kind of food fat people like because, yeah.
1: Uh, I've yeah.
2: done podcasts
3: wasn't before, that like? So. Wasn't that like we are like, okay, and we're done. The show is over. And then it was like another 45 minutes of like, Favorite fast food and chicken and, and all
1: kinds of nonsense.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly what
1: happened. You shouldn't start the show with a low blood sugar. You know, you, <laughs> by the end of the show, you know, you're like, you're all you're thinking about is food.
2: Yeah. Oh, you know, it'd be great as if we went to uh, went to Hardee's right now. Oh man. Um, it is almost eight o'clock, and Charmaine said, "And guess what I'm eating right now? If you are, are you seriously eating Zaxby, Charmaine? Because she was in North Carolina visiting family, or Hardee's, or Hardee's? She could be doing that too." I don't know how long of a delay there is between what we live broadcast and what is heard on Mixlist. Yeah, it's like five, seven seconds, something like that. Is I it really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it is, almost, bad, though. it is almost It is 8 o'clock no, here. No. Um, we have two people who are going to be joining us very soon. We have MC Brooks, who's going to hop on. We've got Ulysses Campbell. He's going to be hopping on, too. But I think if you guys are ready, uh, we'll go ahead and start at exactly 8 o'clock, and uh, we'll do this thing that, we're, that we've been talking about. Uh, let's do All it. All right.
3: Everyone, synchronize your
2: watches. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Steve, I guess we'll kick it off with the, uh, with the geek sheets, uh, tonight. Oh, so, which, okay. Which, I mean, you know, you go with a formula and you stick with what works, right? It's worked the last it's two shows. It's working so far. Yeah, you know. What's, uh, what's the geek sheets? Oh, oh I like this tease. I like this tease, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. The Madman. So, we will tell you all about the geek sheets once we kick this show off, because GGR Pirate Radio starts right now. <laughs>
0: You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio Don't be a juice bag
1: This is called Pirate Radio Be like, oh, these
2: are stupid guns Guns uh. are for jerks
4: <laughs> Run around this
3: city like it's your damn shooting gallery Yeah, what People do you do? do? What do you do? Jack act like it's a
0: playground Beat up the bullies with your fists you throw him in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah, same, damn same thing. thing. So you just
5: put him in the morgue.
4: Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Mother. The Queen Parrot Wobbles
0: is here for you. Sir. Pain heals. Ticks, dig scars. Glory. Last forever. If you will not turn to the
5: dark side, then perhaps she will. Oh,
1: what's in the bar? Kill you son of a... This is called pirate radio.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we've got a great store and show, great, great store and show for you. Great store and show. Oh, God. We're not
3: supposed to drink uh, heavily before the show starts, Michael.
2: You know, you do it, <laughs> I'm the one who's drinking. <laughs> you do it one time, <laughs> and all of a sudden, it becomes a whole thing. Um, let's try that again. We have... A wonderful show in store for you this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have got the Madman. Hello, I'm he the is, Madman. He is on FXBG Public Radio's uh, Shock Monkey Radio. He is the host of I can't remember the exact name of the show, but but
1: Shock Monkey Radio. There's Shock Monkey Radio. No, I'm talking about the other show because there's another show you do too. It's uh, FXBG Pirate Gamers. I wouldn't say that it's mine as it is ours. Wow. Yeah, that's, it, that's deep, man. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's because there's, there's so many of us here and p- everyone has is like, we want to play this game and we want to yeah. play that game. Oh, I gotcha. And so I, I wouldn't say I'm really in charge. And in many ways, when we play role-playing games, the game master or the dungeon master weren't, you know, would be in charge, but you know, I, I, we're never going to play D&D. We
2: will, we will get into that in just a minute. Cause I want to, sure. I, I want more detail on that. Cause well, that's we'll wonderful. We'll get into it. Yeah. But I want to introduce our panel of guests. Yeah. So alongside of me, like, For, I would say, 90% of every episode of uh, GGR Pirate Radio is the wonderful and talented Optimus Primal himself, Steve Monick.
3: Yeah, make sure you put out there, Mike, the 10% episodes I'm not on. That way everyone knows which ones to listen to. (laughs) Uh,
2: Also joining us is our newest GGR contributor. Uh, His name is MC Brooks. Hello, hello. In just a little bit, we will be joined by Mr. Ulysses E. Campbell of Fantastic Forum. And W-E-R-A. He will be joining us as well. Like I said, guys, we got a jammed-packed show tonight. We are going to jump right into the meat and potatoes of the evening here, guys. Um, but before we do that, before we start the Geek Sheets, uh, I was we were talking to our guest here. Um, Scott, the madman.
1: What is the Geek Sheets, man?
2: Are the Geek Sheets? What are the Geek Sheets? I think it would be what is, what are. I mean, it, it works either way. Um, the Geek Sheets. Well, Steve, it was... Partially your idea. Why don't you tell uh, the Madman a little bit about uh, the Geek Sheets? Tell me about it.
3: Yeah. So uh, we have started. This is the third week now of the Geek Sheets. And it's a combo written and podcasted content. Uh, So at the beginning of the week, we take the, the prior week's geek news headlines. Stuff about upcoming movies, comic books, albums, whatever, what have you. Whatever is what new and exciting, we do a little write-up on that. And then following podcasts on Friday and, uh, and show, we talk about them in more in-depth. So you get a little snippet ahead of time on Monday as, as a reader. You go, oh, okay, this is what I get to look forward to on Friday. And then we all collectively give our thoughts on those particular news stories on Friday.
1: And so do you post these on your website? We do. It okay. is.
3: It's on the greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, the Geek Sheets go up every Monday. We record on Fridays, and Mike usually has the podcast out by Monday as well, so um, you get to hear our thoughts from the prior week and then read about what's going to be coming up the next week.
2: That is correct. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So we are going to be talking about this week's nerdy and geeky news, um, but before we do that, I wanted to give you, uh, Mr. The Badman, a chance to really tell us about what you do, because for anybody who listens to GGR Pirate Radio, first off, thank you. Uh, we, we always appreciate our listeners. Um, oh, yeah. If you're looking for more content and you're looking for things a little bit different, uh, Scott here is a hard-working dude. <laughs> he, he's got two shows. He's working
1: on a third show. On a third show, yeah.
2: Um, he is constantly doing YouTube videos for his own channel. He's doing YouTube videos for uh, FXBG Public Radio. He, he's a busy, busy guy. Um, tell I think all of us in in this nerd realm that we exist in are really fascinated by this whole uh, FXBG pirate gamers thing. Like, what is what exactly is that?
1: Uh, It started because I had a weekly game with my friends, uh, and we've been doing it for for forever, like since high school. You know, you'd start playing these uh, role playing games, and it was uh, specifically Heroes Unlimited by Palladium Games uh, that I was playing with my friends. And every now and then we'd play something else, it'd be strategy games or uh, somebody else wanted to game master, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, and I'd been doing uh, Shock Monkey radios for like uh, seven years now. It's like the longest running show on FXBG Public Radio. And um, I said to these guys in the gaming group, I said, you know what would be really awesome is if we can sit down in front of a bunch of microphones and podcast our games. Because uh, we have a bunch of laughs, we're a bunch of good friends and we're making jokes the whole time. and. This is why people play role-playing games. And so why don't we move the game to uh, the FFBG Public Radio Studio and start doing that? And so we started doing that. And at first, it was uh, still my Heroes Unlimited campaign. And I was able to, like, ease them all into, like, doing a podcast, create a uh, create a show based upon, you know, uh, uh, making it interesting for the listener and so yeah. forth. And then they said, it was like, hey, you know, just like any other game group, it's like I'm a little getting a little bored with the hu, you know. Let's play something else." And and so that's what we do is like uh, every week, Wednesdays at eight uh, here on fxpgpublicradio.com, we'll sit down and uh, usually I try to give it a, a notice ahead of time of what we're playing. Um, if we're playing like a role playing game, we'll campaign will go on for several weeks or something like that. We may take breaks in between and play like a, a short little one episode games that you can do where it's. Uh, Resistance is real popular with the group right now because uh, it makes makes friends hate each other. And uh, <laughs> what what else are you playing game for, games for if you're you're not doing that? Not yet. an excuse to to hate your friends. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree on that one. It's so that, uh yeah, that's pretty much what we do is we play games and we try to do stuff that isn't like visually intensive because yeah. it is a podcast and so. Yeah. But if you hear friends arguing about who's the, – you're the spy. No, I'm the spy and stuff like that, then you can get it. You can sit there and you can play the game with them in your head and it's like, hey, yeah. who is the spy?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, so you've got that. You've got Shock Monkey Radio, which Shock Monkey Radio is essentially like news and comment,
1: correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, usually like the first half of the show is pretty much anything I want to talk about. I'm sure you know, your website is very much the same. In the sense that it's like this is the stuff that my f- attention is focused on, and this is what I want to talk about. Yeah, you know, and of course, you know, you get crossovers. You know, I, of course, if I binge watch uh, a Netflix show and I come in, and it's like something made me mad about it. I, I come in ranting about it in the first half of the show. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't know what's up with Danny and Iron Fist. I mean, he's <laughs> such a such a whiny little baby. I mean, I can understand the, the novate, but so, but I mean, it's. That's that's kind of what we do in the first half hour. Yeah. And um, uh, the other half is what I call the news worth knowing. Um, I don't really like news stories that are, like, trending. Um, I don't like news stories that are, like, politics. You know, anybody, like you said low, uh, before the show, is a uh, low-hanging fruit. Yeah. You know, it's easy to do a Trump article and get laughs out of it. Yeah. You know, this is what Trump said today. We can easily get laughs out of this. So, I mean, I, I don't like doing that. I prefer to do stories that are obscure or uh, uh, funny to me. Yeah. yeah you know, I, um, I I have the YouTube channel. I did, like, put out four videos today. And uh, it was it's about two weeks behind between shows that we've done and the clips that I'm able to produce uh, by, you know, by now. So yeah. this week I put out from the 14th August show. And uh, three of them were about... Uh, uh, queen, because I went on a Queen rant in the show because I'm waiting for that movie Bohemian Rhapsody, and okay. one of them's just about like taping shows off of FM radio back in the '80s, '70s, and oh, 80s. and you would just grab, yeah, yeah,
2: that's how you got your mixtape was just <laughs> yeah. recording songs just off, off like, yeah. the radio, yeah,
1: and uh, and I I I did do one, I believe. Oh what oh, what the hell did you ask me?
2: Just about what what.
1: Um, uh, shock, Monkey, shock right? monkeys is all about. I mean that shock, it, shock Monkeys is about my meandering rants for the first which, half hour. This the there news you go. the news worth knowing. Well, there you go. Yeah, and the news worth knowing is is just stuff that's either uplifting to me yeah. or hilarious. And we did one story about in that show, in the 14 August show, about a guy who just started stripping in front of a girl at a restaurant, you know, and she was married and her husband was there and he just started doing A little strip tease about it. Just dumbass story about some drunk in a restaurant. You know, and that's the kind of story I want to do. I don't want to talk about, you know, rec- people recusing themselves and what yeah. sessions it is. Or I gotcha. Yeah. No I find that stuff boring, and anybody can do it. So
2: Yeah, so a striptease in a restaurant in front of a guy, in front of a lady's husband. I think that's— A
1: lady and her husband. Yeah. I, I wonder if they tipped him. The guy was a customer, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> oh it was like the waiter that was doing it no no it was a customer that was doing it oh like customer to to another customer to
2: another okay it wasn't like the waiter he was like so here's your specials and then the manager would come
1: up to him and shake him and it's like you're no longer a dancer oh okay (laughs) fair enough okay um yeah and that's that one so if if we want
2: to find your stuff I mean, FXBG Public Radio seems to be the place to go,
1: correct? It, it does seem to be the place to go. The harder thing to find is uh, my YouTube videos. Um, it's because of the name of the channel. Um, if you search on YouTube and you look for uh, the madman lowercase, um, that's exactly what you type in. Not Th- It's the not
2: the madman in lowercases. It's the madman lowercase. Madman,
1: one word denoting insanity, not anger. Okay. All right. And then lowercase, the word. And it doesn't matter if you have caps lock on or not when you type it.
2: Because it'll find it. Yeah. Because it's not case sensitive. Yeah.
1: It's okay. about it's about the string. Okay. As what, what programmers are called. It's the string of text Got attached it. to it. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah. Or you could even search like FXBG Public Radio on YouTube and probably find one of my videos because I use that tag a lot. Well, there you go. Well, I also have one more show that I'm working on. I mean, I feel like I lived in the studio this week because, I mean, Monday yeah. I had a thing. Yeah. Uh Tuesday I got the show. Wednesday Tuesday I got the, the shock monkeys at six to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh FX V gamers from eight to ten. Yeah. And uh I took the day off and watched a bunch of Rick and Morty yesterday. And then I he wanted me to come in and do the show uh tonight. But yeah, Monday he was
2: actually there's a hammock here, guys. You can't see it, but he was sleeping in the hammock when I came in. It was exactly. uh it was just efficient, is what it is.
1: Yeah, I was like uh he woke me up and was like, You ready to do the show? And I woke up, got a beer, and I was like, Yeah, absolutely. And uh but uh, Monday we had a meeting because we have a, the, like you said, a third show coming, and that's the uh, uh, Lost in the Long Box. And it's like I was talking to one of my gamer friends because he goes to comic cons all the time. He's going to D- Dragon Con next week, and yeah, and that's he does actually, cosplay and stuff like yeah, that.
2: MC Brooks was just doing that uh, for us too. He went to um, Blurred Con and he went to um, Oticon. Yeah, he yeah. went to Oticon for us. So yeah, I mean, this is a show about comic books. Well, you know. He,
1: yeah, he had this uh, – he came in and just started talking about this old Fantastic Four comic book he's trying to save up to buy. And I was just like, oh, really? Tell me more about this. And because, I mean, it's been a long time since I met another collector that we can have conversations with about comic books. And so I sat there, and it like it was like after a game sh- – uh, one of our game nights, he and I had a conversation that lasted – dominated like a half hour before the game. Yeah. And then, like, afterwards, we're still talking about for 45 minutes just collecting comic books. And I said, dude, we could have had a mic in front of us right now, and this could have been a comic book show.
2: I wanted you to bring this up because when Steve and I came up with GGR, that's what it was. Yeah. It was literally us at work. We,
1: uh, two nerds sitting there yeah. talking about nerdy stuff.
2: We both worked at the same Absolutely. awful, awful, horrible place, <laughs> and we wanted to kill ourselves. But instead, we were like, well, why don't we talk about these nerdy things that we like? And, like, we would just find excuses to not be doing our job and talk about these nerdy things. And then I was like, why don't we just make a website and a podcast? And, well, the podcast was his idea. But, yeah, it it just
1: branched out from there. And Nothing can save your life from a shitty job like a good friend. Right?
2: Exactly. I it's like, thank you that for needs to be on that. Needs to be on right yeah. That needs to be on a t shirt right there. That needs to be on a t shirt. Like, that's, that's genius right there. Um, so guys, make sure you check out all of the stuff that the madman is working on. Yeah,
1: Shock Monkey six to seven yeah. on Tuesdays. Uh, Lost in the Long Box is going to be coming on uh, at seven to eight on Mondays. That's September 10th. It's coming out. And we got FXPG Pirate Gamers eight to ten on Wednesdays. And that's pretty much what you do. Look for me on YouTube. Uh, Madman lowercase. And if you do like our stuff, uh, please go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. And consider becoming a patron so we can keep doing this for you. Thank yeah. you. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad you guys
2: had me on your show. Of course, man. I'm, I'm glad we were able to connect with you and have you on here, too. Because I think we're all of the same mindset when it comes to the things that we love to do. So, nerd love. in that vein, Mr. Monic, let's go Yo. ahead and start the Geek Sheets. So...
0: It's time for the Geek Sheets.
3: Here's the big news this week in the geeky, nerdy world.
2: Steve, you forgot that we had theme music, didn't you? I forgot you made that sick little theme
3: intro. Yes, I did. <laughs> My bad. It's okay. No, what I was going to say is that um, one of the, the pieces that I um, wrote on the Geek Sheets, the very first one, is one we addressed last week, where there were the rumors flying around about Tom Cruise being cast as, as Hal Jordan. Uh, in in the new Green Lantern Corps
4: movie,
3: hmm. um, so we we discussed that a little bit. Uh, I know three of the four of us were on here. Does the one of these things not like the other have any thoughts
2: about that? That's that's you, Madman, because MC Brooks, I, myself, and Steve have actually all voiced our opinion. In fact, I'll give a quick recap on mine. I actually am not a huge Tom Cruise fan at all. Like the whole. Yeah the whole scientology thing really rubs me the wrong way yeah. but pretty much everybody on the show was like listen everything we know about tom cruise is he's a really good dude when working with other actors and i was like all right well okay maybe i'm okay with this then and and i'm not i'm not, i don't hate it now as
1: much as i used to it it kind of i think depends on his role in the movie and the script that he gets um uh, if it's about the Green Lantern core and it has to, like, s- jump around to different Green Lanterns and doesn't have to focus too much on Tom Cruise as Green Lantern, uh, I think that'd be great. Uh, I think he could play, like, a leader-type Green Lantern in that kind of setting. Yeah. I um, mean, he has extensive experience with all sorts, you know, acting and, like, uh, action movies. And let's, let's, let's face it, you know, superhero movies are action movies yeah. with, with a little bit of sci-fi. And so – I think he could pull pull it off. Um, do I like him as a person? I you know, a person's religion I shouldn't have any bearing on you know, what I think of him. Uh but then again you shouldn't be out there on the street corner shouting at the top of your lungs. So I mean that's No. Exactly. And you also uh,
2: shouldn't be disparaging other people um, yeah. for their beliefs. For their beliefs. Yeah. And that's what that's kind of what he does. Like I don't know if you remember or not, but he basically like Took Matt Lauer to task, and he was like, "You don't need to see a psychologist, or do you yeah. need drugs for any psycho conditions? That's all in your head, man." And Lauer's like, "Yeah, exactly. It's in my head because there's a chemical uh, imbalance." Yeah,
1: it's just like a Bible thumper trying to tell you need to believe in Jesus. You know, you don't do that.
2: Believe what you want, but you don't have to pr- push it on others. Basically. But
1: you know, I can't. I can separate the art from the artist. Okay. And so, I mean, if. He 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 is a good actor. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure a guy like him is just dying to get into a superhero movie. Yeah, Yeah, I'm
2: I'm really kind of surprised that we haven't seen him do anything. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Mission Impossible—he's basically a superhero. Okay, let's. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's already doing superhero movies, really.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that you added to this Geek Sheets uh, article, Steve, that we mentioned last week, was that director Christopher McQuarrie has actually been listed in this kind of amalgam of who might come on to work on a Green Lantern film for DC. Uh they may actually bring yeah. him in, correct?
3: Yeah, they've um they've approached him like actually quite some time ago to be part of it. And um his whole thing was very much like, well, I need it to be a good story. That that's what I'm I'm mostly focused on. And I think they said they wanted him for either the Green Lantern core movie or possibly the Flash movie. Um, so I think if if him and Tom Cruise, they both like the story and, and um, they, they get the opportunity to work together again, I think that it's possible we could see this. Um, especially because, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it last week, but DC needs a home run. Um, yeah. And to Madman's point about, well, I don't think he's really, I can't believe we haven't seen him in a superhero movie. The point I made last week was when he did that mummy movie, I think that was him trying to do his own dark universe and be like the Robert Downey Jr. of that thing. Yeah. And it just fell so hard yeah, that now face, he's looking yeah. like, All right, well I'll I'll consider being part of this
2: one now. Well Universal has has stated before that they were trying to reboot their monster movies franchise. They, were, they started it with that weird Dracula movie they did a, a few years back that wasn't really good at, at anything. Um, they tried to do The Mummy again. They did a, uh, a werewolf, not a werewolf, uh, a wolfman one with Benicio Del Toro and like none of them have, have, have caught any traction whatsoever and they're slowly but surely remaking all of these movies and nobody cares and I, I think that all of these studios are, are making the same mistakes of seeing what one studio does and they're like, well, hey, that worked really, really well for them. For let's, them, yeah. Let's try to do that exact same thing instead of trying to do something that might be a little bit different, that might be creative in its own right. And it just is it, – it just reeks of old Hollywood where it's like, hey, this they're, movie was great. Yeah, let's make a sequel and not trying anything creative or innovative kind of like what Marvel did.
1: Well, I think that's the issue when it comes to um, – uh, those classic monster movies is that they've been redone and redone and redone. They're kind of stale. Yeah. And so if you make a new mummy movie, if you make a new King Kong movie, it's going to be somewhat stale to people. Yeah.
2: Um...
0: Well, I, I, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to disagree only because uh, you're talking about a completely new audience for the same material. And uh, shockingly, a lot of modern viewers haven't seen many of these old movies and so you know they don't know about oh Boris Karloff having done right. the mummy you know in 1932 or 33 and you know they they may not be familiar with Bela Lugosi having done Dracula and you know they they might have seen um you know the Gary Oldman thing you know but uh you <laughs> know so there's going to be there's a lot of there's a lot of latitude there well of course it doesn't it introduces... have to be stale
1: it, Real inter- quick, right, it introduces I, I
0: new. I think that
3: yeah. it, it's possible, though, that those particular characters have infiltrated the the pop culture so much that seeing a legitimate movie. I mean, when you're saying like, oh, Frankenstein and, and Dracula, and they're also like serial cartoon mascots at this point. <laughs> I don't know if they have the same gravitas as you know. Who's that? Who's stand- that monster?
2: Oh, that's Frankenberry. Oh, Frankenberry's <laughs> yeah. a monster. Yeah, yeah exactly um real quick the gentleman who just uh made the contrary statement uh you guys may not have <laughs> heard him yet that's ulysses e campbell so he's joining us now on ggr pirate radio thanks for joining us uly
0: thank you for having me i i appreciate you uh, allowing me to come in uh, just a little tardy here
2: oh it's it's okay well there, there's a fine later that you can uh, be assessed We'll <laughs> so discuss that um i i think that's a really good point though that yeah, you kind of do need to rehash these a little bit because
1: they yeah, introduce a no- younger generation yeah. to it yeah. but
2: what's interesting about them is is these these characters actually have a a, a funny lineage uh, Dracula uh, Frankenstein's Frankenstein's monster to, to be correct because I know there's nerds out there who yeah. are going, um actually it's not Frankenstein that's the doctor um, but <laughs> the mummy they fall into the same category as Peter Pan and um Sherlock Holmes in the sense that they have no they're, – they're public domain now. Nobody owns the rights to those characters. So that's why you see so many remakes because you can make a Peter Pan remake and you don't have to pay anybody anything. So automatically you're ahead of the game yeah, and you're going to make more money because you don't have to pay for the rights to Yeah, pay. you don't
1: have to pay DC or Marvel for the rights. You know? Exactly,
2: yeah. So that's why I think Universal can just be like every 20 years, be like, yeah, let's do another monster movie because I don't feel like paying for the rights for anything. Yeah, it's that might be part of it, too. And they were just like, well, we got these characters and nobody really seems to care about them one way or the other. Let's let's see if we can do something amazing. Maybe we'll catch some traction with something. Maybe who who knows? Yeah,
4: well, I don't blame them for trying that, either. I
3: mean, like, is this is an age of where the Hollywood whole cinematic right universe now, a is a thing, and there is precedent
0: for it back in
3: the 30s. No I mean, they already had crossovers. When really, what it is? You know, they had Abbott Costello, you know, meet Frankenstein and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not unheard of for these monsters to cross over in each other's films. So, yeah. I don't blame them. But you know, back to the original point of Tom Cruise, like I think that was. 100% what he was going for. I'm going to be the RDJ of this universal monsters, dark
0: universe thing.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, Yuli, sorry to, sorry to cut you off there, man. Um, What uh, you were saying.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I was just, I mean, that, that was the point that I was making is simply that, um, you know, the, the, uh, it, it, it beyond simply sort of throwing the spaghetti up against the wall to see what's likely to stick. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's an element of, these these characters are uh, it, it, so ingrained in the popular culture that there is a certain degree of familiarity with them, even if the broader audience doesn't know the actual material. Yeah. And so it, it minimizes the likelihood that these things are going to fail. I mean, especially when, you know, like I, I think of this uh, most recent Mummy movie, you know, as part of the whole... Oh, Universal trying to reinvigorate the, uh, the Universal, the classic Universal monsters. And especially when you put like a star like Tom Cruise in the thing, you know. Oh, yeah, it's the mummy and we got Tom Cruise on top of it. So yeah. you feel like people who are fans of Tom Cruise are going to go, people who are fans of the mummy are going to go. And um, in fact, oh, let's make the mummy uh, a kind of halfway hot woman and we'll try and get some people in, you know, for that. So, <laughs> you know, there are a number of different areas that you're covering in terms of uh, trying to minimize the likelihood of failure.
1: Well, I think the whole monster motif and genre kind of peaked around the monster squad in 1987. I think that was...
2: That was the jump the shark moment, I think. Yeah. You, you really didn't get any good monster movies after that. Um, I wanted to diverge here for just a second. We're going to come back to the Tom Cruise as uh, the Green Lantern in just a second. You're listening to GGR uh, Pirate Radio. Real quick... Um, I found this really, really interesting that we started talking about this. And I think it needs to be at least mentioned, because we started talking about uh, the monster movies. We started talking about Tom Cruise as the Green Lantern. Um, And then we talked about Gary Oldman's (laughs) Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I want to talk about this for a second, um, because one of the really interesting notes of news that came up recently was Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves were in that Bram Stoker's Dracula. And in that movie there's a scene where they get married by an orthodox priest. And it's come out that Winona Ryder actually stated that um they she thinks they actually got married <laughs> because he was a legit priest. And like Keanu Reeves like I guess they're going to be working on another um, they're gonna be working on another project here real real soon together. And Keanu Reeves is just kinda of like, Well that's news to me and then he was like, Well all right, yeah, I guess we did get married. So it's really it's really kind of an interesting thing that's going on right now. So um, is Winona
1: gonna sue Keanu?
2: I, I don't I don't know. Like I, I think it's it's just an interesting, um I don't know. If I were Keanu I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Um, give me just one second here guys. we're having a little bit of a technical difficulty here um Zencaster just crashed on us oh no yeah. yeah, so enjoy uh this lovely Weezer version of uh Africa by Toto as we try to figure out what the heck just happened with Zencaster and everybody's texting me right
1: now. What's going on? yeah I that's know. going crazy yeah. Have you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? Um, I have, yes. I wasn't talking to you.
2: Oh. Well, there's nobody else here yet.
1: Well, I'm looking on my YouTube, and then, oh. yeah, it hasn't changed much.
2: All right. So I think we got everybody back. Is everybody back? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, there we are. We had Finally, a- I was so worried,
3: Michael. Why didn't you call? <laughs> <laughs> You're worrying me half to death. <laughs> sorry.
2: I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sure that you're not even mad, you're just disappointed, right? Okay. So you we got everybody just don't
3: know what it's like to be a parent. We
2: got everybody back, right? Like uh, Yuli, you're here, I heard you. Um, Steve, you're back. Uh, Mr. MC Brooks, are you back? I'm guessing not. MC Brooks, can you hear us? Bark twice if you're in Albany. <laughs> Nothing. No, Zencaster crashed again. Are you serious? What is going on? That's not good. I don't know what is going on here. Are we are we eating up
1: bandwidth or something?
2: I don't know, but I'm going to sign off the Wi-Fi of off my computer because we must be eating up the bandwidth or something. Like, I don't know what is going
1: on. I got off my phone.
2: There must be something going on. This is very strange. Oh, well, my grinder app installed. <laughs> well, there you go. So that was the problem. You know, I'm,
0: I'm still, you know, I'll use, you know, for conferencing like this. Oh, it looks like Mike's back. Welcome
2: back, guys. We're there not sure go. what's going on. Um, we're blaming Scott for this. Scott said he was downloading the Grinder app, so. Um,
3: well, I mean, when a man's hungry, a man's hungry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. you got to get your this sandwich. This isn't about sandwiches. Your... No, 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 no. None of this adds up at all.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say sandwiches. I meant hot dogs. It's about it's about hot dogs. Just uh, hey, another just place let them know you're go. you're up for a hot dog eating contest. It, it'll, it'll be fine.
2: There's another website actually that you might be really really interested in. It's a um it's a hot dog cart, uh, but they got their own website and it's meatspin.com. Uh Check that out when you get a chance. Um, cool because apparently we have to bring that up at least once a year on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, God. Hey,
0: Mike, are you familiar with a food truck down there in Fredericksburg called Bacon's Barbecue?
2: I am, yes. I've heard of this before. Oh, okay. All
0: right, yeah. Because uh, I met a guy uh, who is connected with it, and he was telling me about it. And uh, it sounded like it was a big deal. So
2: I, wouldn't, I was just curious. I mean, the only, the only food truck that we endorse here at GGR Pirate Radio would be um it used to be a food truck and now it's a restaurant and that's Gourmelts. Exactly. Um Gourmelts is now the only one that we will sponsor because we've been there before, Yuli. I took you there and it was quite delicious. Yep,
0: indeed, and I liked it. Yes. I've never had this I mean I was just curious because this guy named Russ that I was riding next to on the bus for a minute. Russ on the uh, bus was really? talking mm-hmm. it up.
1: I mean, it doesn't sound like a fake name at all.
2: Russ on the bus, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it just so happened that we were on the bus, you know. Uh, I didn't yeah. even think that Russ rhymed with bus. I mean, that's, didn't even think about that's
2: that. That's how all my good news comes—is when I'm riding a bike, you know. Nothing. Uh-huh, not uh-huh. <laughs> ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Beer all night, folks. Try to beer; it's delicious. Um, yeah. Moving on to our next topic. I think, I mean, consensus-wise, everybody seems to be. Relatively okay with Tom Cruise being the Green Lantern?
5: Yes. Yeah.
2: So, topic numero dos. This would be the news that a Watchmen series, the uh, Alan Moore, um, I would say, I wouldn't say Masterpiece. Masterpiece, I feel like, is a stretch. Um, A lot of people. I feel like with Watchmen, everybody who wants to pretend like they're really, really into comics it, but they they're not actually in the comics if you ask them what their favorite series is of all time they'll say watchmen because they know that everybody thinks that it's a great series but it's like it's like a it's like a tell you know it's like it's like when somebody says if you're trying to convince people that you're a movie buff right and you say something like oh um what movie won best picture in 2004 chicago Chicago's my favorite movie everybody's gonna be like really chicago
3: oh, see, i was gonna i was gonna say citizen kane like because that's like the go-to like Smart person movie that no one's
2: actually ever seen.
3: Exactly, so it's kind of like I feel like that's synonymous well, I know it used with to Watchmen. Like you <laughs> know, I've heard smart people say this is their favorite comic, so that's what I'm gonna go with.
1: They, exactly, I think that's yeah. exactly what it is. Um, I like I like classic movies like The Karate Kid and Harold and Maude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know that new Karate Kid actually is
1: pretty good. See, it's a problem with that though. Is it like if you genuinely
3: do like Watchmen, then you just look like an a hole.
1: Well, as far as a comic co- collector goes, is that if if you don't have anything negative to say about Watchmen, you're very suspect. I, you agree.
2: Know? I agree. I agree. I think Watchmen is pretentious, personally. Um, Not enough blue wings. Well, let me That's ask you guys criticism. this.
0: And, of course, bear in mind that I can't hardly hear anybody. I don't think <laughs> mic, but um, uh, How did you guys read Watchmen? I mean, because I'm old enough to remember when it first came out, and I read it you know, one book at a time, I had to wait 30 days between each installment of it. Where the majority of people today have read it as a trade. Uh, so yeah, yeah. you know, no waiting. I'm assuming all you guys read it as a trade?
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I read it as a trade. Yeah. Ah, okay. All
0: right. No. Because it
1: makes it, a difference. Yeah. How when it first it. came out when it first came out, I only caught a couple of issues that a friend a few friends of mine had. And uh-huh. um, this is about like how ca- uh, comic book collecting was in those days. Is that you weren't able to buy every single comic book every month, and so you had to like prioritize what you got. And so, and you'd share with your friends. It's like I haven't read that yet. Can I read it? And uh, you'd get this copy, and a friend lends it to you for a week. And that's when you'd sit there and you can read everything, all all the stuff with the 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 black ship, uh, the little files and stuff, the postscript uh-huh. stuff that came at the end of it. Uh, that helped you it helped develop the characters and stuff, but um, people will read the trade paperback like a um, and they'll skip over the, the Black Freighter story. They'll yeah. skip over the Kovacs files and and all that interesting stuff that helped feed your interest in the story, you know, while it was a monthly issue, a periodical issue.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You because know, the, the the idea of these anti hero types today, you know, this is it's kind of passe at the time. That was, we edgy. hadn't seen that. Yeah, I that mean, was trending. You know, the never. idea that these heroes, you know, sort of had feet of clay and, you know, they were imperfect and all this. I mean, that was fairly revolutionary for 1985. And, you know, hence, you know, the way that it was received. You know, the other thing, one of the, and, and it's just a shame that Alan Moore is like crazy. And, yeah. you know, I mean, despite the fact that he's, you know, got ends. Also stuff, brilliant.
1: I mean, crazy and brilliant yeah. goes hand in hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In like, fact, But the point is he expected to get the rights to those characters back. Yeah. And he just never did. I mean, what happened? The thing it had to go out of print for a certain period of time and then the rights would revert to him. And nobody expected it to be as popular as it was, and it just hasn't gone out of print.
2: Well, let me you let me know? ask you too. Like it's it, I had heard a rumor that when he was right when they were coming up with the concept, they were going to use Actual... Yeah, the Charlton
0: characters. That's right.
2: Yeah, well, that they were going to use, like, they wanted to use DC characters. They wanted to use Batman and Superman, and they wanted to use those characters in those places. But they, there was no way they were going to be able to get the rights to it. But yeah, that, that, they... that, that,
0: that's that's I don't believe that's true. Um, what they were going to do, because DC had acquired uh, Charlton, yeah. and so they were going to use the Charlton characters. And okay. in fact, for dr manhattan it was captain comet wait was it captain comet or no captain adam and uh instead of the um uh raw shark it was going to be the question and you know a couple other folks like that and but they realized that that was going to burn all these characters exactly and they weren't going to be able to use them again and so they said well you know let's just make up new, similar types of characters. Okay. And when I heard that, because I'm like, oh, The Question and Raw Shark, I mean, those guys would get along great, you know, <laughs> even in terms yeah. of, you know, the looks of them. I the, mean, uh... I don't know so much about Captain Adam and Dr. Manhattan. I mean, that's that, that's a bit of a stretch for me. Yeah, but, it is. Um, it is. You know, I mean, powers-wise, eh, but, you know, still. So, um, But I like the direction that Moore went in creating these new characters as opposed to, you know, them just dumping the Charlton characters. I I think that's a lot more interesting.
3: Well, when I think think that was one of the better parts too, is that like he, even though he created these people and they were brand new to that series, it felt like a world that was pre-existing. Like it felt like they had been running around for a while doing their thing, Mm -hmm. which I think was one of the better parts of it is it, it felt like you were just kind of dropped into the middle of this world and it wasn't,
2: Hey, here's some brand new superheroes. Let me, let me ask you guys a question though. um, And I'll go kind of round table here. Uh, Scott, Do you really feel that we need a Watchmen series or was the movie good enough? Because I I just like when I when I heard they were doing a series, I was like, but they already did a movie. What more of this story do you really need to tell?
1: I guess it kind of depends for me on on a personal level if it happens before or after the Watchmen movie. Okay, Um, I would like to see the world that uh, Rorschach was living in. I would like to see Rorschach a little bit more sane and working with Night Owl. You know, I think that would be interesting to see him. Uh, you can go back to the Watchmen movie and see how far he had gone. I gotcha. Okay. You know, how, how far off the rails he had gone. So there is more to this story, basically, that you there, feel it would be viable well, not, they, and
2: not just rehashing for.
1: Yeah, well, they did series, and I just. It, I don't know if it's going to be uh, like comic book series of yeah. the Watchmen. And I don't know if it's going to be – if the if the show is going to be before or after yeah. the, the the events in the Watchmen movie. Steve.
3: See, the way I was yeah. reading it is that Damon Lindelof is taking the source material and kind of what, – what their term was was remixing it. So I, I don't think it's going to be connected to the movie in any way, and I think it's a retelling of the original story, but – adapted and changed and they were adding new characters and there may be some characters that don't make it to the screen which I'm not super sure about.
2: Yuli what's your what's your take on this? Do you, do you are you excited about this? Do you feel that this is a series that needs to be made or is this I just again going back to my my opinion on this. I don't when I'm looking at the series that I want to see, the movies that I want to see of comic books, Watchmen is not one of them. No. I just I'm not it's not that interesting to me. I think Alan Moore is a hack, personally. I know everybody's like, oh, he's a genius. Oh, he's this. Like, oh, yeah. No, I've got a, a strong opinion about this. And Scott and I have talked about this before. I think the killing joke is the most overrated Batman story ever because it's not actually Batman. Everybody's like, oh, it's the best depiction of Batman's personality. That is total crap. It has, It is not even close because Batman, first off, would never laugh at the Joker's joke. I don't care how funny the joke is. I don't care how like, beat down and stressed out Batman is. He's not going to laugh at him because he w- because he's the Joker. He, that that's would his- give
1: Joker the satisfaction. No, yeah.
2: he would never give Joker the satisfaction. In fact, the Joker would tell him the joke, and then he would break his jaw. Like, that's the Batman that I see. Or he would slap cuffs on him and like throw his face into like, the, the concrete. That's, not- that's Batman. Like, hurting him enough to hurt him but not to kill him. But at the same time, to laugh like they're best buddies? No, that's Alan Moore projecting his personality into Batman.
0: Well, okay. Uh, you, you, a couple of things to just—I mean, first, yeah. let me actually answer the question. Go ahead, please. Um, Sorry. You know, which is, I don't really care. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> Watchmen. As far as I'm concerned, uh, th- that's—I mean, I didn't even really care that much about um, before Watchmen, yeah. and I bought most of those. And um, you know, I mean, for the most part, I—I I, I was like, eh, okay. I mean, to tell you the truth. I was interested at the time that Watchmen came out, I was interested in there being a sequel to Watchmen. You know, one of the things that I thought was very interesting at the end of that particular story was how Dr. Manhattan was leaving Earth and he was like, you know, fascinated about the whole um, life thing. And he's like, life. I think I may create some. Yeah. and And I thought that it was a bit of foreshadowing as Dr. Manhattan teleported but he was standing in the um, uh, a model of the solar system. And when he teleported, it made like a little mushroom cloud inside the model of the solar system, as if the solar system itself was conceivable, you know, potentially threatened. And I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> let's see what happens after this. And, of course, Alan Moore was never interested in doing anything else with those characters uh you know largely because um he, he wanted the rights yeah 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 exactly so um anyway so there's that but um no i, I don't really care in fact even uh, the 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 movie I, I you know i i thought that because and there were a number of Watchmen projects over the years that didn't get off the ground uh, when they finally made it, I thought it was kind of, you know, because that was like 2008. I mean, it was a day late and a dollar short. I mean, you know, for them, to it was, you know, very good looking thing. I mean, there were some critical changes that they made to certain elements that I thought uh, profoundly affected the whole thing. Um, and as I was sitting there watching it, and I'm looking at the time, I was like, damn, I mean, because they were like 45 minutes into the movie, and it was still issue number one. And I'm like, this is a twelve issue series, but right. you're gonna have to speed through some of this stuff to make this thing work. You yeah, know? And they did. So I, I had a lot of problems with what they did, and I, you know I don't. I mean, I, it, no, I didn't really feel like they needed to do this. And I, I agree with you, Mike, in that you know Watchmen is supposed to be this oh epic, profound comic book tome, and you know that that's the way a lot of people see it. I mean, but you didn't need to do anything else with this, you know? Now, um, in, in terms of what it's going to be, Variety did a story a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, what they what they say in this, I mean, it's got some pretty good people in it, but um, what they say is that, uh, and this is from HBO's official description of the series, and it says, Watchmen embraces the nostalgia of the original groundbreaking graphic novel while attempting to break new ground on its own. Uh, that is, in keeping with the letter uh, that the, uh, this guy, uh, Lindel, Lindelhoff, uh, you know, the producer, posted for fans back in May, in which he stated the show will not be a retelling of the story from the graphic novel, but rather a new story in the same world with new characters set in the present day. And uh, he said, goes on to say some of the characters will be unknown, new faces, new masks to cover them. We also intend to revisit the past century of costumed adventuring. Through a surprising yet familiar set of eyes, and it is here we will be taking our greatest risks. So, I mean, whatever in the hell that means, but um, <laughs> you know, so it's not going to be
5: yeah, it's uh, not retelling. My which
0: personally, yeah. I think would have been a, I mean, a mini series would have been the better way to go to tell this story, given that it was a twelve part arc, basically. What? You know, I mean, a, a two hour, two and a half hour movie just doesn't give you the time to to really tell that story so i, I but, think that I, that but that I don't story care. <laughs> i mean i i'm i'm way over watchman no now now before i i let you guys get back to it i do have to say though that um alan moore is uh is a very very talented writer and uh, now i agree with what you said about um uh the killing joke but uh, but here's the thing though um there's so much more to what this guy has done. And most of the killing joke was actually pretty good. I mean, I wasn't crazy about how, what he did to Barbara Gordon. Um, I liked the whole idea uh, that he, he, you know, Joker did this outrageous thing and even, you know, he took Gordon and had him stripped naked and all that stuff. But Gordon's like, we got to show him our way works. And that whole idea that the Joker was saying, Oh, Batman, you had a bad day once. That's how you are, what you are. So there were a lot of elements. I mean, I agree totally though. I mean, Batman shouldn't have laughed at the joke at the end. Hell the thing wasn't even that funny. And I thought it was a a forced uh, attempt to create some connection between them. But you look at some of the other stuff, this guy has written and Watchmen was outstanding. The the first two league of extraordinary gentlemen yeah. things. Oh my God. That, I mean, you, you can't say this guy is a hack and and you know, have read this stuff. I mean, V for Vendetta. Um, even some the of the, thing yeah, oh thing. yeah, you know, even some of the other uh, DC stuff that he's done. Um, well, let me you know clair- some of the Superman that. stories. You know, the thing about the the plant that attached to your chest yeah. and whatnot. I mean, the guy has really done some
2: some great stuff. Let me clarify. You know? he's so. not a hack. He's a decent writer. He's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he any any good writer will bring cert, uh, bring a part of themselves into the story, and that's what he did with the killing joke. But at the same time too, like every single time, like if it's not exactly the way that he he's just so persnickety and he's so like he reminds me of Tim Burton in a way because they're so well, that's they're, very
0: insulting to Tim Burton. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're so they're so artistic that they can't function in the real world. And like it makes them assholes, but at the same time Tim Burton has done one of my favorite movies of all time, the movie Big Fish. Yeah. Like He's an artist and he's a genius, and just like Alan Moore, Alan Moore has written some incredible stories. He just—he's a dick, <laughs> and I'm tired of him. Of everybody being like, "Oh, he's just—he's wonderful, and he's great, and everything that he does is magic." And you know, he craps thunder and poops lightning. It's like, no, man, like, come on, uh, like, yeah. every
0: everybody. Has you're their right. Flaws. You're right, and people yeah. are on his jock way too much. I oh mean, yeah. For in sure. fact, The Killing Joke and Watchmen get—I mean, just those two pieces alone. People want to be like, oh, he's one of the greatest comic book writers of all time. I, I you know, I, I he's certainly very good. Um, you know, when you compare him to, because there are a bunch of people who can write their asses off and have, and the, their the, their body of work is so much greater. I mean, in, in terms of the depth and breadth of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I wouldn't. I mean, I personally, I'd say Marv Wolfman is a better writer than Alan Moore. Denny O'Neill is oh, yeah. a better writer than Alan Moore. Agreed. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who I would say are better writers than he is and, and who have done a lot more comics work. You know, it just so ha- I mean, hell, it's like, it's like Steranko. Steranko, the total of Steranko's comics work is like 25 issues or something. And yet the legend of the man, you know, I'm part of, you know, because of who he is in addition to being an interesting comic book artist. But – um and some of the censorship that went along with some of the stuff that he yep. did. But, you know, there's some people who just get way, way too much credit. And Alan Moore happens to be one of those.
2: I think that it's an interesting pairing that we have uh Alan Moore and uh Damon Lindelof. Uh, and after I'm done with this, Scott, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and talk. Uh, because, Steve, let me applaud you real quick. You made a huge – Like Just an incredible point in this. You said that Lindelof has a pretty spotty record with the stuff that he's worked on. Uh, The Leftovers, he worked on Parts of Lost, um, which were pretty good for the most part. But like, he wrote Star Trek Into Darkness, which if I get to see him in person, I I will probably punch him in the stomach just for that alone. (laughs) But also, he was involved with Prometheus, which Prometheus is one of those movies that was a great idea in concept, but not well executed. And the, all of the things that could it could have been, it wasn't. And Lindelof and Alan Moore both, like, I, the difference between the two is Lindelof keeps, I feel like he, he's failing upward. Like, Star Trek Into Darkness was crap, and then they were like, oh, hey, let's give you full access to the Alien franchise. And he was like, okay, I'll do a subpar movie for that, too. And, like, it... <laughs> It in in me.
3: fairness, let me let me just point out. Go ahead. Yeah. Linneloff has a writing credit on Into Darkness. I believe the bulk of it was written by Kurtzman or, uh, and, and Robert Orsi. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I think that's the writing team that's mostly responsible for Star Trek the 2009 one, and then and then Into Darkness. But Linelof does have a writing credit on that you, film. So okay. Just then, the, for the technical nerds out there, I just want to put that in. Get all uh, in, get in, all of them in a in room. Record.
2: Get all of them in a room, and we'll fight. Okay. Cause <laughs> there you go. I'll fight all of them. Mike Lunsford, fat and out of shape, fighting all these guys that are most likely fat and out of shape too. I think I have a chance.
0: Well, you're a trained killer. <laughs> <you
2: do. laughs> this is true, Scott. Give it. Give me your perspective on the uh, on the Watchmen series, on Lindelofian involved with this, and then we're going to move on to our next one, in the geek sheets.
1: Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got to go here in a second. So yeah. Uh. All I really got to say, I want to talk about Alan Moore here in a second, but um, a Watchmen series, especially if it's going to be new faces, um, is just kind of an attempt to make a dark uh, series based upon uh, characters that they own the rights to. And uh, although uh, that movie was successful in some ways, I think that only Alan Moore captured a darkness that was um, uh, very edgy in the time it was very uh, first produced. Uh, I think that uh, Alan Moore and Frank Miller are two slashed artists who created uh, very edgy stuff in a time in a very like uh, vanilla world of superheroes and stuff like that, and that's what kind of broke the mold for superhero stories. And then after, like Watchmen, after uh, Frank Miller's Sin City and uh, the stuff he was doing, what was it, Daredevil?
2: Yeah, he did Daredevil. He was doing yeah. all the Batman. He did Batman, Batman year Batman's. one. He did Batman, yeah. um, the Dark Knight. I mean, like, yeah. that was some e- – I mean, It was edgy
1: stuff, and yeah. it, was, it was the cusp of the new wave of – Darker heroes, and now everything has to be dark. Now everything has to be be dark, and so I think that making a new Watchmen series, you're kind of just using the name to bring in these new B-level characters, you know, and tell a story. Um, and I, ju- I just don't, I don't know if I can trust anybody else with that, and and be uh, uh, true to my sensibilities in terms of what I want in a story. Um, I would rather see a a show about Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. <laughs> you know, these two B-level characters. God, I love Booster Gold so much. Yeah, He's I mean, one of my they, favorite characters. These two B-level characters who partner up and they're just living in this world and it's like they get their you know, they go on this on this adventure and they get in over their heads and next thing you know Superman or Wonder Woman shows up, saves their asses and they're like, "Yeah, we're heroes too." You know, I mean, and I think that a lot of those like 80s Blue Beetle and Booster Gold comic books is what uh, dc needs in order to uh, appeal to a, m- a more massive audience that's why i'm so totally stoked about the shazam movie because yeah. i think that could breathe life into dc's uh, cinematic universe we were and so we, we talked
2: about this last week and we yeah. all
1: agreed we were like
2: this doesn't even look like dc it it's happy it's funny the the trailer
1: makes sense like this can't be dc is it like it's that's we were, what we we're I'll all be. astounded and if Shazam really takes off, I I would really hope to see, like, a Dial H for Hero movie in response to that because I think that that comic book and those – that just a little device that turns you to a superhero for a little while. You know, it just – you don't yeah. need to explain it. It just fell out of the sky one day. I just Shazam, love the that's idea. the way it is.
2: I just love the idea of Booster Gold where it's just like, yeah, I'm really not even a hero. I'm just from the future. I'm an athlete tech-
1: from the future who stole a bunch of tech and came back in the past to be a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I love Booster Gold origin. He's he's yeah. great. Um, so we're gonna move on
2: to our next topic. Whoa, here. Whoa, wait, 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 go Mike, ahead. Mike, go ahead. wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait, Before we move on,
0: because I I I want to associate myself with all those remarks, and you guys are dead on. The one thing that uh, I I want to add, um, because what you described about this darkness in um, you know DC's movies, uh, I mean we're really talking about uh, a, a broader darkness that exists in kind of in the culture right now. And it really disturbs me because you look at, and it's symptomatic of a bunch of other stuff that's going on. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in a time, you know, I'm looking at like some of the heroes now and guys like the Punisher, I think we might've been talking about this the other day, guys like the Punisher and Wolverine, the fact that they are so incredibly popular really disturbs me because You know, I mean, and they've made them kind of heroic, uh, you know, over a period of time. And, you know, based on some of the stuff that they've done. But, you know, these aren't the type of characters that would typically be considered heroes in uh, uh, Silver Age or Bronze Age comics. I mean, and this darkness, you know, particularly when it comes to to Marvel, I think and you can argue over where it came from. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the um, Batman trilogy that, um, uh, what's his face did, uh, the guy who did Inception. Yeah. So, um, you know, because that made money and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, you know, these made money. Let's cause the bottom line is, and it's unfortunate because I, I think that Marvel, I mean, now they're interested in making money. I think when they first got going on this thing, they were interested in trying to make some good movies. I saw the first Iron Man, for example, uh, a couple of days ago, and I was reminded of how that, what a great movie it was, and to me, it's still the best movie that Marvel has made 20 movies in, wow, you know, but, um, you know, the problem is that with with Warner Brothers uh, being the studio that's doing this stuff, they don't appreciate what they've got, I mean, uh, Dial H for Hero, you know, Booster Gold, and Blue Beetle, you know, they, they, they've got some really, really great properties that if developed, could revolutionize uh, superhero movies and would really reinvigorate DC's universe. I mean, even, you know, it's Superman and Batman. I mean, you're you're talking about a certain degree here also of institutional memory. I mean, all right, your dad might have liked Spider-Man, but your freaking grandfather knew Superman Superman and Batman, you know? and. For them to be able to mess those characters up the way that they have <laughs> is just, it's shameful. I mean, you would, yeah. you would hope that they would go to the original source material, you know, whoever the producers are, and it, take a hit from the original source material and try and do something that's based on that because there's a reason these characters have been popular for 75 years. And that's not what we're getting in terms of the film translations but it's really a broader problem that's happening throughout society i mean there's a lot of darkness there's a lot of angst there's a lot of violence i mean there's and so this is just symptomatic of something that we're seeing culturally here in the united states
1: Uh, well even even between like the in, in the light, late late seventies, early eighties, there was a lot of this anti-hero kind of sentiment going on, and that a lot of like Wolverine, and Punisher characters were based upon that on the Dirty Harry character, the taxi yeah. driver character.
2: I mean, Bernie Gets, like in New York, was was uh, was a real life vigilante, and then you had your Death Wish movies with Charles Bronson. Exactly, like, yeah.
1: And so, I mean, I think this is uh, this is a symptom that's been going on for a while, and even though you know, uh, the darkness of it is. I don't know. Have, has been a part of our culture for about thirty years or plus. And, and when was the last time you saw a superhero movie where there's a truly wholesome character? And the first, the only one I can think of lately has been the first season of Luke, Luke Cage. And then they, they kind of screwed it up in the second season, which we will be getting to in but, just a moment. But I gotta go. My the, niece swallowed a whistle, and now swallowed my, a whistle. Now every time she coughs, it's like. <laughs> so I got to go. Uh, be sure to go to patreon.com. It's either the greatest story or the worst excuse ever. <laughs> I really gotta go. go Go to patreon.com slash shock radio. I'm the madman. I love you. I'll got to talk to you guys later. Scott, Bye. you're the best, man. Thank <laughs> you so care, much man. for joining us, buddy. I, I really appreciate it,
2: man. Again, check him out. He's on FXBG public radio. He is on YouTube. He's a great guy. Um, definitely check out his stuff. Um, love yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for dropping in, buddy. Um, Are we ready for the next topic, guys?
0: I don't see how we could be. (laughs) I mean, we could keep talking about that other stuff. It was great stuff. (laughs) We could, but if Scott's leaving, then you know, I I think because I I I wouldn't want to contradict anything he said without giving him the opportunity. Son of a bitch, Scott. Let me tell you. So it's probably time to move on. Yeah,
2: let's um, let's move on. I'm going to play his music, his theme music, and that is uh, this is Iron Fist, his theme music. I'm a dragon is the name of the song. Um, we're keying this up because MC Brooks is excited about this. I'm excited about this. I don't know about the rest of you guys. Cause I know iron fist got panned pretty hard by just about everybody, but season two is coming up here. Uh, the beginning of September, we've got the trailer. The trailer for season two is out. Some of the things that people have complained about seem to be corrected. At least is the best way to describe it. Um, I mean, you actually see some scenes where Danny is wearing the, uh, the Iron Fist mask. Um, I think this is going to be interesting. Um, I know that everybody's not a big fan of his, but I, and, I, and I wish I could put my finger on exactly what I liked about Iron Fist, but so far, I've really enjoyed his character across the board. I know that he's kind of whiny. He's kind of obnoxious. He's kind of a, a, a spoiled rich white kid. But, like, I, I really liked his journey that he had in his first season, but also I liked him in the Defenders. And, honestly, his little, his little one episode that he had in Luke Cage was my favorite episode of that entire series, uh, of season two of, of Luke Cage. Um, I'm super excited about this. This is the one that um, – because Luke Cage season two I didn't really watch until just recently, and that came out back in June. This is one that I will watch as soon as it comes out. What's everybody else's take on this? I'll start with, uh, with you, Steve. What's your take on this and then we'll go to Marcus and then you you can close this out before we go into our next topic here.
3: So I, I am with you. I think I liked iron fist more than I disliked it. Like on a one to 10, I it's like to me a six, it's a little better than 50, 50. Um, and I think I liked him more. Like you said in the defenders, uh, like more as like a part of an ensemble, like with other people, which is perfect. Cause in the comics, like the whole heroes for hire thing, like Luke Cage and him work really well together. So i'd like i would have liked to actually seen that like not do luke cage and not do iron fist do just the show is heroes for hire and it's both of them but i get you got to do the origin and everything when i first saw the trailer for batman v superman dawn of justice i got very excited because i was like oh cool they're fixing the problems that everyone had for man of steel look at all this destruction and it's meaningless and then the trailer shows you it's Batman running through all the, the chaos and the nonsense, and he's being Batman, and they're directly addressing what the fans had the problem with. And then I saw that movie, and I was like, oh, this is not very good. <laughs> like The trailer made me excited because they were hitting key, like right on what the problem was, but then the rest of the movie wasn't very good. And now I'm kind of wary because this trailer looked great, and it addressed the problems that everyone stated that they had with the first one. Not enough action. This trailer is almost nothing but fighting and action. The the villain was boring. Well, now he's fighting Davos and he's basically an evil Iron Fist. Awesome, cool villain. I didn't I didn't care about this stupid business plot. And there's way too many scenes in an office. You didn't really see any office scenes in the trailer. So again, they're dressing everything. But then again, Batman v Superman kind of scarred me, so I'm taking that in with me, going like, all right, I'm still gonna just watch the show for what it is.
2: Marcus, your uh, your thoughts on uh, the Iron Fist season two coming up on uh, the beginning of September?
5: This trailer was literally the yang to the yin of season one because season one I did not care about. Like I feel like the exact opposite of you and Steve on this. Like season one, I just like I just couldn't make myself care about him, his story, or kind of anything really relating to him, and. and and given that i couldn't relate to him i was hoping to at least get maybe some good action scenes and a good plot and and like even like everything else surrounding season 1 like i just i just didn't care the action scenes were so poorly done that i felt like i got more realistic action watching the original power rangers like <laughs> i i didn't care but upon seeing this trailer for season 2 I mean, after seeing him in Defenders and seeing him in Luke Cage, which is where I do agree with you guys that I loved him in Defenders. Like, I know a lot, a lot of people didn't really like Defenders and a lot of people didn't like Danny in Defenders, but I, I do agree that I do feel like he did better when he was part of the team. Like he was the perfect he, – he perfectly – like, he brought a sense of um, – fun or I'm not, uh, that's not the word I'm looking for, but he was like, his personality was totally different than like the seriousness that you got with Luke, Daredevil and Jessica. Yeah. So, I. so he was like the goofy little
2: kid. He was like the goofy little brother basically.
5: Yeah. Yes. That, yeah, exactly. He was, he was like the little brother and, and, and the fact that you, you kind of watched him grow up a little bit in defenders, like that Danny that he was in season one. You could tell that, that you know, there was a little bit more development with his character. And like in, in Defenders, he was perfect. And then seeing him in, in Luke Cage, I agree with you. That was probably my favorite episode of season two. Yeah. Um,
2: and the fighting was it, better. Maybe it was the choreography with Luke Cage is better. But like his the fight scene seemed way better in his episode of Luke Cage that he was in than any of the stuff that we saw in the first, ep- uh, first season of Iron Fist.
5: Yes. And actually, I, I did read that Finn Jones had spent uh, a good six to eight months uh, training uh, that which is what he didn't do for season one but he spent the last like six to eight months uh, doing martial arts training specifically for uh, that Luke Cage episode and season two so the choreography should look better and then this trailer definitely looks better so That's I'm awesome. also looking for I'm also looking forward to September 7th I'm going to be watching it that Friday yeah
2: so so am I I'm clearing my schedule for that one Marcus you brought something up and and I want I want to let you introduce this because this is kind of your baby. Um, there's a, there's a, a... I don't even know how to say it. It's called The Defender's Promo is what it is, and you can look it up on YouTube if you type in The Defender's Promo. Um, give us a little bit of background before we go ahead and play this, because we'll play this, and then we'll take a quick break, and we'll jump into our discussion of um, the Marvel Netflix universe and where we think it's going and if we think it's going in the right direction.
5: All righty. Well, um, Anyone who knows me knows I'm a giant hip hop fan, and I am not only a hip hop fan, but I specifically love the nerdcore genre of hip hop. Now, ninety-nine percent of nerdcore hip hop is as terrible as it sounds. With you know, high pitched nasally voices rapping over eight bit beats. Not not that great. But there are a subsection of of really good uh MCs. Who do manage to rap and, and make music about nerdy stuff, and, and it's actually really good. And I was really fortunate to uh, have befriended um, a guy who was someone who rapped about the nerdy stuff that he was that he was into. Uh, his name is Christian. He he rapped under the name Thahum. And last year, unfortunately, he passed away. But before passing away, he Managed to bring together a couple different uh, nerdcore musicians to make a song about one of the things we'll be discussing tonight: the defenders. Uh, he man, he rapped uh, about. He rapped as Iron Fist. He managed to get uh, Empress to rap as Jessica Jones, Mister Miranda as Daredevil, and the you know pretty famous Megaran, who is. One of three rappers to have exclusive licensing from a video game company. Wow! Who, I, yeah, who I also saw at at uh, BlurredCon. That's and awesome. He puts on a really good show. So uh, one of the but one of the last things that uh, that Christian did before he died, like I said, uh, he met, he put this song together with these with these guys, and it came out really awesome. Um, I I still listen to it pretty regularly. And um, I got reminded of the song because it's been about a year or so since Christian passed, unfortunately. And so with us talking about it tonight, I figured it'd be a good time to, one, bring up the song so that, you know, people who are unfamiliar with any of these artists and unfamiliar with this song can, you know, kind of get hip to it. And also pay tribute to my late friend and, uh, you know, you know expose the world to his art and and one of the things he loved doing all
2: right guys so here we go uh this is the the defenders promo uh so um shout out to Tha-Hum, uh and may he rest in peace a little tribute for him here
5: is unknown i crush your bones so your
2: cover is gone leave it alone man that's why i sit so i don't lose it and flip that's why you always feel my vice in my grip giving me lip style from midtown to your pet down your lockdown you lose ground but none of that before this beat down so check your alibi before i ratify the weakness in your lies
0: head to the sky your man will never testify i crack cases like i crack backs. on my baby cage
2: i beat your pace bringing you these hard facts i'm on my city's skate flights breaking all night might break a few minutes ago all right the nitrous my alias and likeness for the
0: righteous there ain't no change in me i'm like this pretty full of attitude dedicated to protecting you my crews avenging you because that's what the defenders do Murdoch, but you can call me Daredevil. I fight criminals and never stoop to their level. When I was young, I became blind, but my superhuman senses allow me to still slay crime. I travel through these New York streets, eliminating bad folks. We a long way from Newport Beach. Yeah, but during the day, I'm just a regular attorney who fights for justice. Steady proving I'm worthy of keeping my town clean. I know it's sound mean, but none of you clowns can even compete with my down team. I'm part of the Defenders. We make you all surrender, even though during the day I'm in a tie, no suspenders, but keep Business, then when night hits, I'm destroying scumbags and not leaving a witness. So get your hair right before you went to Hell's Kitchen. Cause if you out of line, I'll leave you in hell, Kitchen.
5: Energy just brewing, take obstacles and unglue them, first review them and see how best to punch through, um, came up from the ruin, stuck to my heart and was true, and now part of my real destiny. move, meant to want fame, personally I hate it, because it's wasted if your name's tainted, what's a foundation built on some crutch, a legacy that gets knocked down in one punch, so I master my chi and it is, me means to create, Be and it is learned a little couldn't fire corner to couldn't learn my cheese fire then high enough to bring good to him we the 18 that be lasting forever i love it when a plan comes together i love it when the universe wants to throw the hand off center bring justice to the city at last the defenders
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah like ghost face wallets, uranium uh, uh, deposits, flow state polished, uh, catch me in the projects, yeah. unidentified swinging object, put a kai vash on the gaza, yeah. without a struggle there is no progress, through the knowledge told there is justice, we will not rest, uh, sweet Christmas, my team never faulty, a cut faulty, gauge what they call me, yeah. respect the power man, been in the hood like barbershops and dollar vans, group homes, gunfights don't shoot too close, my only problem is always being new clothes, I Caliber round swamp to the ground like a kid on restriction. We don't play around. opponent is dismembered. It'll bring the and last defenders.
2: Alright guys, so you can check that out on YouTube under uh the Defenders promo. Um that was uh Fahoom and uh all the rest of the Crew that he had together for that, which was uh, Mr. Miranda, Impress Mega Megaran, and Cayenne Kian Marie. Cayenne Marie. Um, but dude, that was I. I really enjoyed that uh, MC. I, I'm glad that you brought uh, brought that to my attention. That was that was really good.
5: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, I remember like he, I remember when he sent me the track a year ago, and I was really blown away. And I was kind of because like. We were friends. We we spoke, you know, we, we, we didn't speak all the time, but you know, we kinda just, you know, caught each other up on projects and whatnot. And like the fact he he managed to get all of all of these guys together and it came out as dope as it was, like I I was really impressed. And and honestly it made me even more excited for the Defender series.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean it definitely Yeah, I mean I was it it was better than I was expecting it to be. I thought it was gonna be like, Oh, this is pretty good, but no, it was Every single rap was, was done well. Like The footage that they used, it was, it was very it was impressive. It really was. And, and definitely rest in peace to, uh, to Christian. So that was a nice little tribute there for him. So guys, um, we're going to go ahead and take a real quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the Marvel Netflix universe and where we think it's going. So um, big thanks to uh, Scott Madman for joining us. Uh, big thanks to MC Brooks, to uh, Ulysses E. Campbell, to uh steve as always uh, a big thanks to, to you buddy uh, we'll take a real quick little musical interlude here and uh we'll jump right back into uh our next part of the show
3: this has been pirate radio network
1: production juice bags <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah boy